Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our scripture reading today continues the Sermon on the Mount. This section follows immediately after the part about divorce and adultery and anger, where he has encouraged people to go beyond the letter of the law into something deeper. And now he's going to up the stakes one more time. Listen now for God's word, for God's people. Jesus speaks and says, You have heard it that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, give your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, also go the second mile. Give to anyone who asks of you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Jesus is at it again. Or I guess more accurately, Jesus is still at it. This week's reading follows the section of the Sermon on the Mount where he talks about our relationships with one another and challenges us to be people who live according to the spirit of the law rather than merely by its letter, the one where Jesus challenges us to go beyond the mere basics into the heart of love, into the heart of God. Now, as if that weren't hard enough to do, with people we might actually like and care about, Jesus ups the ante once again. 
we are to love our enemies as well. Wow. That word enemy is such a heavy one. Deep down in your heart of hearts, who is your enemy? Oh, I've asked that question in a number of different settings over the years. And each time I've gotten the looks like I'm getting now that tell you that the person is cool, calm, and collected on the surface, but squirming like mad deep inside. We've read these verses often enough to know, or at least give lip service to knowing, that as good Christians, we aren't supposed to have enemies, that we're supposed to love one another. Oh, we, we may feel comfortable enough with some pretty vicious trash talking when it comes to politics. And we might not turn a hair when it comes to casting another group of people or a particular nationality or a spe specific ideology and those who hold it in the role of demon, even though scripture is meant to apply in those situations too. But those are fairly standard, safe, almost distant enemies to have. Why, they hardly seem like real enemies at all, do they? We just, well, we just disagree. And we can't be bothered to try to understand one another. Can't be bothered to work towards reconciliation. But we have a much harder time sometimes admitting even to ourselves that way down deep in our heart there are family members we just can't forgive for something they've said or done. Or a neighbor that we wish would move to the farthest end of the earth and we would never, ever have to deal with them again. Or a former friend who wishes we were dead and maybe in our heart of hearts we feel that way about them too. We can have a hard time naming just who our enemy is or even that we have one. Now, the people who first heard Jesus say these words didn't have that problem, I don't suppose. They knew the Romans, and all those who collaborated with them to oppress the Jewish people, that's who the enemy was. Just because the Romans had defeated the Jewish people and occupied their lands, the Romans were on top and everybody knew it. Not only did they hold all the best cards, the deck was pretty well stacked against the Jewish people on every front. If you had something that a Roman wanted, he could take it, whether it was your coat or your labor or your dignity. There wasn't a whole lot you could do about it. I have no doubt that Roman arrogance and brutality were the kindling for multitudes of dark fantasies of rebellion and revenge among the people who came to hear Jesus speak that day. 
Imagine how shocked they must have been when they heard what he had to say. Forget about tit for tat, he tells them. Oh, and us too. Don't let their contempt and disregard for you be the measure of your heart. Don't let their hatred and disdain define you, he says. Instead, he says, be defined by God's love living in and through you. When God's love moves into your heart and takes root in your life, then you can choose to not see yourself as a victim of another's contempt. You can choose to respond with kindness and generosity rather than resentment and bitterness. You can choose to spin the relationship in a different direction, one that holds possibilities for something new. You can choose to break the cycle of offense and retaliation. You can choose moment by moment, little by little, the way of love and life instead of the path of hatred and death. You can choose freedom in and through Christ and Christ's way of grace and mercy. The specific actions that Jesus describes here are ones that throw a little sand into the machinery of oppression, that tilt the scales in a different way, that cause the other person, the enemy, to step back and see things in a different light. Oh, maybe not all at once, of course, but slowly, gradually, like water Dripping on rock, the hardness of heart can be worn away so that something new, new life, new ways of being in relationship together can emerge. Jesus closes this section of his remarks with what seems like an impossible injunction. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Isn't what he's asked us to do already hard enough? How can we, hurt and broken people, trapped in relationships, marked by strife and enmity and hate, how can we ever, ever hope to be perfect as God is perfect? Well, here's a little secret. Part of the answer lies in the Greek word that gets translated here as perfect. It's a word that also means complete or whole. We move towards wholeness, toward being complete people. When we live in the sorts of relationships God created us for, way back there in the very beginning before sin entered the picture, relationships of care and regard, of help and mutuality. So striving to live in those kinds of ways with those around us is one way we can, well, at least try to be perfect. We can be complete. We can be whole. These kinds of relationships are God's gift to us and God's way of blessing us. We don't have to settle for less. Well, as always, there's a challenge for us here, of course. 
For God wants us to grow deeper and stronger in our love for God and for one another. And so Jesus tells us that we are to strive for this sort of relationship with everyone. Not just the ones we like and can get along with. And the reason behind this is because that's the sort of God who has created and loves us. Even when we aren't very good at loving God back. Think about it. If God only loved those who were always good and kind and peaceful and joyful and all those other wonderful qualities we think of as being the results of loving God with every part of our beings, well, how many of us would make the grade? Would any of us? Is there anyone who has never been angry? Never told even the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest lie? Never chosen the path of least resistance in spite of what our conscience was whispering in our ear? Never turned away from someone who was lonely, just needed a few moments of our time? Never neglected to feed the hungry or clothe the naked or give a cold cup of water to the thirsty, even by just failing to notice the need. Never broken a promise, no matter what the reason. Never shared what we have grudgingly instead of joyfully. Never given something or someone first place in our lives, the place that belongs to God alone. The list could go on and on, of course. In these and a million other ways, we declare ourselves the enemy of God, often without even noticing what we have done. We are shocked when we realize how often and how unthinkingly we have betrayed the one who loves us so much. And that's the other part of being perfect. God refuses to declare us God's enemy in spite of all we have done wrong. God loves us still and comes to us in Jesus so that we will know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. In Jesus, God comes to share our common life, our suffering, and even our death so that we might know new life, abundant life, in this world and in the world to come. God calls us not enemy, but beloved, my child. God's own. If we are loved with such an unbridled, extravagant love, how can we respond with less than our whole selves, our whole lives? How can we settle for relationships that are less than true reflections of the grace and the mercy that we have received? How can we not strive to be perfect even as our Father in heaven is perfect, loving even those who don't always or ever do a good job of loving us back. We will not always get it right, of course. 
We will stumble and fall and fail. But when we do, we can trust that God is ready and willing to pick us up, dust us off, help us try once more. For God loves us beyond measure and wants us to love one another too. Oh, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift of love. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.